0: I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. In this episode of the podcast, we're doing another crossover with the new Rochester Food Net, including Chris Clemens and Amanda Antonor, to the contributors. So this was recorded yeah, about three, four weeks ago. This is towards the beginning of the quarantine period, but I think it still captures the feel of where we all are right now. So hope you enjoyed this episode. We're going to dive right into it. And enjoy this conversation with Chris Clemens and Amanda Antonor. You can see more from us on RochesterFoodNet.com. Another discussion with some people from the Rochester Food Net, the new Rochester Food Net, including an updated design, thanks to Chris Clemens, who is on the chat with us today. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. And Amanda Antonor is also here. Hello. Yes, and uh, I'm Chris Lindstrom, one of the other members, uh, recording from the Food About Town studio at my house, and we're recording this remotely in the time of the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. So... Uh, We are talking on, uh, what's today, March 22nd, Sunday, so just in case we say anything that is out of date as of when this is being put out, we'll probably have this out all over the next week, but just in context that we are recording on the 22nd, we know everything moves very quickly, so uh, keep that in mind as we talk through everything today. Uh, We're going to bounce around with some fun topics and... um, but everything kind of in context of where we are today but also talking about uh where we all came from in our uh journeys to Rochester Food Net and how we're dealing with everything right now so I guess I'll start with uh Amanda Antonor over there. So Amanda yeah, go
1: alphabetical, right? Yeah,
0: right, absolutely. So we're <laughs> so what's your background in uh background in food and otherwise and how did you get uh get tied into this whole crazy food media world?
1: Sure. Well, I think my professional food background started when I uh, worked for Williams-Sonoma, and I became the culinary expert at the store. Um, I dove right into learning as much as I possibly could when it came to cooking and home cooking in particular.
0: And how to sell lots of peppermint bark.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, don't. (laughs) Why did you have to bring that up? Um, No, it uh, it was actually a great experience, not only for the customer service value, but just learning everything that there was at the time about, um, I mean, this was back when the Food Network was totally blowing up all over the place. And we um, saw a huge increase in the number of people that were trying to create these gourmet style dishes and different meals and entertaining at home. Um, kind of a resurgence back from the Julia Child days. So it's kind of exciting to be a part of that, to be honest. And then that led me to my next job, which was to work for a local restaurant group. Um, But that was right before the financial crash in 2008. And a lot of us lost our job, much like the situation that people are feeling now, although a different scope. And um, from there, I kind of put food on the back burner, so to speak. And then I got back into it a couple of years later, just when um, the DNC was doing a turnover as far as their um, personalities and the freelancers go. And I started doing the food reviews, the uh, restaurant reviews, a couple of the cheap eats columns. I did that for about six years and then things just got really crazy in other parts of my life and now i'm with the rochester food net and it's bringing it all back
0: yeah it's kind of a kind of definitely a little change from writing for a newspaper but i think it's yeah it,
1: it i i to be honest it's actually um hard for me because it's been about a year since doing a regular filing of a story that my creative juices are in a different they go in a different direction now because i've been so focused on my full-time job that it's hard to get into that um i don't know i don't i don't want to say one is happy versus not but there there's definitely a different element when you're talking about it, it just brings out a different sense of um emotion i guess
0: yeah i think that's an interesting point because it's it really depends on the context you end up writing about, thankfully, we have a lot of mm-hmm. we have a lot of flexibility here to express ourselves in different ways like I'm probably not going to do as many like hard reviews as I used to writing in the newspaper, yeah. but you know yeah. if I want to focus on the vegetarian vegan side of things, I can just do that you know, and we can all kind of express ourselves in the way we kind of want to, but it all it's challenging in its own right
1: the freedom is certainly um something that I don't think any of us can take for granted, but it's it's what makes this platform so unique. Um, From my perspective, we all come up with our own creative ways of expressing ourselves, and we really don't have any um, restrictions. So it's a it's it's truly the whole freedom of speech, if you want to look at it that way. And I'm certainly a proponent of freedom of the press and freedom of the media. So this is certainly a way to. Get that message across.
0: Absolutely. So, Chris Clemens,
1: <laughs>
0: we we've talked far, far, far too many times on the Food About Town podcast, um, <laughs> and assuredly more to come. But for what's likely to be a, a different audience, why don't you introduce yourself and how you got mixed up in this crazy old food world we're in?
2: Oh yeah, uh, my name is Chris Clemens. I've been eating for about. 40 years. <laughs> Thereabouts. Uh, there have been a few moments in there where I wasn't eating, but for f- pretty much for the full four decades. Uh, I, when I was younger, uh, I, d- I did some creative writing, and uh, I, I think as an adult, I found with social media and my space and having a digital platform to get all that stuff out uh, was uh, was freeing for me to to be able to have a place to put some of those thoughts and share them with other people. Um, and, uh, and I enjoyed seeing that with, with other people. So uh, I started the first blog I had uh, was about a decade ago and it was just about, um, religion and spirituality in upstate New York, and uh, that sort of evolved into the blog that I have now, which is exploring upstate, and uh, it, it, it gives me a platform to write any story that I feel like uh, that has to do with upstate New York, which has been a lot of fun. You guys were uh, just talking a little bit about the, the whole blog digital sphere of writing and the freedom to be able to do those things. I've done a little bit of freelance writing and I've in some cases found it to be frustrating. So you've got like an editor who says like, Hey, pitch me your ideas. And I'm like, awesome. Here's 10 ideas. And they're like, yeah, we don't like those. And (laughs) it's very frustrating because for me, like all 10 of those ideas are ideas that I came up with, not because, uh, Well, no, I came up with those ideas because I was excited about them, right? Uh, So I thought, like, in in some cases, I've been, I've done some freelance writing for people that they're like, we want you to do this very specific story. And then I write it, and they massage it and edit it and change it. And then they're like, here's your $25 check. And I'm like,
1: (laughs) that's big money. Freelance world,
2: Chris. (laughs) So I'm like, you know, I would rather not make money or make lesser money and be able to tell the story exactly the way that I want to in the frame that I want to, the time frame that I want to. And uh, so I'm excited to have been invited to be part of the the Rochester Food Net project. Um, I've done some food writing on Exploring Upstate. uh, But like I said, that platform has always been anything related to upstate new york so it's been a little bit of food a little bit of history some travel um last time i think uh chris you and i did a podcast i think it was about a year ago it was a food trip that we did in western new york
0: oh yeah that was
1: Was that that your utica
0: no this one was we took i think this is the one where we went all the way out to lewiston right
2: you got it we took route 31
0: yeah all the way out to lockport and yeah, that was a, that was a very interesting day.
2: It was, but <laughs> well, I I had actually I had forgotten about the two we don't we've done two Utica trips that yeah. we did a little a little uh, YouTube episodes.
0: Yeah, those were a good time as well. Yeah, it's I I love those road trips, and I'm very much looking forward to doing one this doing one after we can get out and about again. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Do you the, guys
1: have a place in mind that you want to go as your very first? Ooh. public experience. Oh man. When this is all over?
0: Well, I think man, I don't I don't know if we've thought about the next big trip we want to do, Chris. I think there's cuz we did east, we did west. Seems like we yeah, might totally want to go south.
1: North and south. <laughs>
2: Can't can't go too far north. (laughs) Um, That's true. uh, So, Amanda, was your question about, like, what we would potentially go and write about or just, like, something that we're excited to go have that we can't have right now?
1: I think both would be interesting to find out. I I think doing one of your food adventures, you've got to have a list a mile long. So what's right at the top of that?
0: Go ahead, Chris.
2: (laughs) You know... (laughs) You know what I think don't, jump cool? out of it. don't jump out of it. <laughs> you know what I think would be cool. Route 31 is one of the longest roads like in the Northeast, and we only did the section between Rochester and where it ends in Western New York. I think it would be cool to go the other direction and uh, follow it. you know it goes all the way through Newark and Palmyra, uh, Lyons goes all the way through there and mm-hmm. past Syracuse.
1: mm-hmm.
0: No, that seems like okay. a good idea. I think we kind of talked about that the last time, and it would be an interesting conclusion to that. And I'm sure we could find lots of um, historical anecdotes along the way. I like those. Um, yeah, for me, otherwise doing the, you know, just kind of going out and seeing people. You know, I've I've been out a little bit just to shop and grab groceries and things and, you know, had to grab coffee, you know, beans so we could make it home. So I've been able to at least see a couple of people, but... I'm anticipating being at home pretty much all of this next week. So I'm, mm-hmm. I am very, very fond of going out and seeing just random people and having conversations that I don't expect. So I think that's the part I'm looking forward to the most is just that exploration and randomness that we get mm-hmm. by going out to restaurants and being around other people.
1: The unplanned social yeah. gatherings. Yeah. yeah and
0: I, I love those so much.
1: Yeah. Um, so what do you, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but what did you get as far as your supplies, knowing that you were going to be secluded, secluded for the next week?
0: Yeah. So for me, I ended up shopping a little bit at, um, I went to the public market yesterday morning.
1: How Uh, was it? It was
0: good. I mean, it was sparse of course, which is to be expected. Um, and for the best. But I was able to buy some vegetables from Fisher Hill Farm. Uh, mm-hmm. Phil over there uh, grabbed some, uh, grabbed some nuts at the Florida Nut House. Grabbed a little bit of bread from Flower City and coffee beans. Nice. You know, kept our distance and did our best not to touch anything. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. None of this is perfect. We're we're all trying to figure out the best way to do this and support our local businesses, keep stocked with good food, and be careful all at the same time.
1: Right. Um, yeah. I I saw that there's a few restaurants now that are offering the opportunity to order directly through their own suppliers. So mm. if you have certain grocery items like milk and bread and eggs that you wouldn't get already prepared through these restaurants, they're, you know, with a little upcharge. Yeah you can order them directly, you know, through their own purveyors, which is, you know, I think huh. Cough, it's cough. a it's a good alternative to going to a grocery store in this day and age. But.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Flower City Bread's doing it with farms. Uh, with yeah, Fisher I saw Hill. that too.
1: They were putting the packages together, right? Yeah, packages where yeah.
0: you just go, you pay online, you just go pick it up and leave. Mm-hmm. Basically completely limits your exposure to people while you're still supporting your local uh, bakery and farm, yep. um, which is great. I know Marty's doing supplies. Uh, you can also yep. buy direct from Headwater Food Hub right now as well. Oh,
1: um, that's good to know. Yeah, Head, Headwater
0: Food Hub, which is- uh, At Leo's? Fu- no, Headwater Food Hub and the Good Food Collective, they are uh, they supply- Oh, a-
1: that's right. Yeah, okay. I was thinking so, of um uh, the, what's the one through Leo's? Water.
0: Oh, what's I don't know it? that one. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, Headwater's offering uh, basically from their wholesale stocks. Uh, you can buy all sorts of things. Uh, whether it's vegetables, uh, individually quick frozen stuff or, you know, meats and basically their whole stocks available to people now, which is very cool.
2: You know, one of the things I've been wondering in this entire last week is as business models change almost daily to meet like government mandates and the, the, whatever the new normal might be. I'm wondering if these businesses are going to continue doing these things because they see the value in them. So are these like Palmers direct to you, are they going to be changing their model um, because they realize this is something that actually works well and people want it? Yeah,
1: I that's think. A good there, question.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity here to rethink some things. I think there's going to be a lot of places that truly struggle with this whole thing. Obviously, a lot of businesses are going to struggle with this. So it's not a... That's not a, uh, not me being deep or anything like that, but there's going to be a huge percentage of businesses that really struggle with this. And I, I think there's definitely opportunities to reinvent here and think of those opportunities going forward because more people want delivery. More people want this kind of stuff. Um, well,
1: can you imagine if the companies like Uber Eats and Grubhub and DoorDash weren't already in place before all of this? I mean yeah. at least there was that stepping stone for people to get used to the whole order delivery yeah. the you know the whole process of it um I mean I I feel like we have to be thankful for that that there were people innovative enough to create the apps and have everything set up online already because as you can see people are scrambling to do it now and obviously they've made it work to the best of their ability but if we had to if we had to start from scratch during this you know day in crisis it it probably would have been a whole different scenario especially with instacart and all the grocery delivery systems um i mean i remember years and years and years and years ago this is dating myself but 20 years ago (laughs) (laughs) um when i first went away to college there was a grocery store delivery service through um, I guess it was A.M.P., one of the New England grocery stores, and it was so expensive. It was almost a hundred percent markup. Wow! So, walking into buying in the store, and the only reason why I would have used it is because at that time my budget was restricted based on how much money my parents were putting in my bank account. So the way to get around that was just to have them order my groceries for me. <laughs> And then, not have to worry about spending that money at the store, but we never ended up doing that just because it simply wasn't you know it wasn't economic yeah, yeah. Right. Um, well, and it, I think we're not, but yeah. that was where that was the starting point, point. and so i'm I'm just happy that we've obviously made it this far, and now everybody i mean if you're not doing delivery, if you're not doing online ordering, then you're not in the you're not in business,
0: yeah, one, well, I think we're also. Uh, it's It's great that we all that a lot of us have those options to uh, order delivery and obviously you know properly tip and pay our uh, delivery people
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah they're 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 on the front line too now you yeah. know everybody that's working in the grocery store, restocking the shelves at the cashier line, all of them you know employees that are thankfully still working for different restaurants that are open now they you know they're putting themselves at risk as much as any of us would be actually patronizing them. So it's, um, yeah, we have a lot to be thankful for that there's still a workforce out there willing to do that for our, our, well, and I think
0: we're, we're also in a, all of us are kind of in a privileged position to be able to facilitate that stuff, have access to drive, to grab things. And, Mm -hmm. um, thankfully there are some amazing local, Uh, companies working to provide food to people that need it that can't get to places and don't have the funds to do that Uh, food link is obviously something that i think we all support that Mm -hmm. you know there's such an important um provider of food to those that need it and companies like that right now are even more critical because they're getting food to people that really can't get out to get to it and Mm -hmm. don't have the funds to order delivery and do these kind of things so um it's great that we have those options in front of us. And I think it's, it's an important to uh, for those that can try to support uh, amazing companies like food link that are supporting the rest of our community that maybe doesn't have access to these same kind of options. Uh, it's great to support our local farmers and everything else. And we should do that, but uh, it's great to think of food link at this time as well.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And anybody else who's distributing, helping distribute food to folks that can't, you know, afford their own groceries and all of the school kids that have been out of school for the past week that haven't been able to get their school lunches and sometimes breakfast too.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: It's, you know, it really, times like these actually shows you that there is still a lot of positivity out there and people that just want good to happen, which is nice to see, you know, it sometimes it's hard to know that it takes a crisis like this to realize it, but it's still refreshing to say the least
0: agree completely so well i'm gonna pivot on to a slightly lighter topic because like i I said i love
1: that (laughs) well we're we're kind
0: of gonna bounce around because this is we all want to get stuff off of our heads too because this it's so challenging we've got so much to talk about and so many guys i have not
1: seen anybody face to face outside of the virtual world in a week yeah i mean this
0: (laughs) is well, but that's, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to keep it, try to keep it light as best we can. Um. So let's talk about what we're doing at home to cook. And I guess yeah. let's, let's start with Mr. Clemens over here. What, what have you been doing to cook at home? And I...
2: So last Saturday was the last day that I was out of the house. So like Saturday night at like 830, that was the beginning of me being a shut-in. Uh, I'm just now starting to run low on some food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so far I haven't had to be too picky or like plan. I've just been eating the things that I've wanted to eat. Now I'm going to have to start looking at things and, and think like, Hey, I don't know if this really goes together, but I might not have a choice. I'm just going to need to eat it. Um,
1: <laughs> what are you what left I with do? at this point? What, what are your last ingredients?
2: Oh, I've still, I, I still have a few more. I'm, I'm currently thawing out. Um, this'll be a little embarrassing, but I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm currently thawing out some cube steaks.
0: Oh, nice. Cube steaks. Old
2: school. You
1: could d- do some chicken fried steak.
2: I could do some chicken fried steak, except I don't have all of the other stuff.
1: You don't have flour and eggs? Zero, and... F-
2: zero flour. I do have oh, eggs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, not even uh, like
1: a gluten-free alternative flour. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no.
2: How much have you been drinking today?
1: None. This is grape juice.
0: <laughs> uh huh. And this not... and this this is apple juice in my in my snifter as well.
2: Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> um, in my Glencairn. Cairn. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have the stuff to make uh, the chicken fried steak. I, when I was a kid. Uh, my mom would make cube steaks once in a while. She'd put them in a frying pan and sometimes I'd put them on like bread and eat it as a sandwich. Me Ooh. too, man. Uh, it's kind of like a poor family comfort food for me. Like we, we didn't have like expensive cuts of meat growing up, That like cube steak was, that was a meal. So I'm, I'm throwing it back to that a little. One thing I did do last night, uh, which you guys will be proud of, I've never made my own pizza before.
0: Awesome. Very exciting.
2: Never made my own pizza. I always let other people make it because they know how.
1: <laughs> so you did your own dough and grated your own cheese and made your own sauce.
2: Uh, that's pushing it. Okay. <laughs> what so, is your
1: definition of making your own pizza? Yeah, let's, let, let's talk
0: about that.
2: Uh, so Luca Woodfire Pizza Bistro yep. in Victor. Uh, this week, they announced that they were doing make-your-own pizza kits to go. So they'll give you the dough, they'll give you the shredded cheese, they'll give you the sauce, they'll give you whatever toppings you want. It was eight bucks. Oh, that's awesome! Uh,
1: How large? Uh,
2: it was a the the dough was probably a, a little bit bigger than my fist.
0: Personal size.
2: Yeah, that, and that's probably the size that they use for their their regular size pizzas at Luca. Uh, I I don't, I I know Chris knows, I don't know if Amanda knows, um, the owner, the owners of Luca Woodfire Pizza are friends of mine. Uh, Do you
1: have a pizza stone and a pizza peel and cornmeal and all that good stuff that you need to get it in and out of the oven?
2: I got none of that.
1: Oh no. So So...
2: I, I contacted them and I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to take one of your pizza kits really because I wanted to support them. And I thought "I'll, I'll have a pizza. Uh, so I, I picked it up and I, I said, wait, what do I do with this?
1: Oh my God. and did they say throw it in the blender and drink it
2: yeah he goes well uh you put some flour out and then you do your rolling pin i said i don't have flour or a rolling pin
1: no this uh, is a travesty
2: so here's the worst part about this entire story i'm probably going to get kicked off the rochester food net team yes,
1: you are 100 percent booted <laughs> So- You did do a really um, delicious looking squash tomato thing. And- oh,
2: That's right, I appreciate your, yeah. uh, your, your assist on that.
1: Yeah, you, you said that you, you don't like to admit that you know how to cook, but.
2: The, the truth is I can cook a bunch of stuff um, pr- pretty well. And in most cases, like if I'm cooking for someone, uh, and the rare occasion that happens, typically they're surprised. I I'll I'll say that, but that's also because I stick to the stuff I know how to do real well. Uh, yeah, but that's always,
0: that's always a good thing. If you're, unless you're very adventurous cooking things, you know, for somebody else is the way to go.
2: Right. I'll be adventurous with myself, which is why I decided to do the pizza. So, um, I did some things that you're probably not supposed to do, but, Uh, Like I said, I was working with what I had. So to grease the baking sheet, can you guess what I put down?
0: Did you do butter? butter?
2: No. Would that have worked?
0: Oh, yeah, of course.
2: That wouldn't have soaked into the flavor of the dough?
0: Yeah, of course it would have. And it would have been delicious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pizza Hut style. Dang! Dang! Yeah, if you think of pan-cooked
0: pan, pan cooked pizza, like Detroit-style pizza is cooked in a blue steel pan with oil at the bottom or butter, and it kind of fries the bottom of the crust, and it's amazing.
2: So that's what I use. I use olive oil. Oh,
0: absolutely. No, that's, I mean, that's straight out of uh, Sicilian style or, you know, the focaccia style with the oil at the
2: bottom.
1: Yeah. What was your, you, so just a baking sheet?
2: I used a baking sheet. So he actually, well, I was, I was at the kitchen. He's like, just take this rolling pin and get it back to me later.
1: Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I was going to say you could always use a wine bottle, but you probably don't have that. Actually I do. Yeah. So in case of emergency wine bottle, or even if your olive oil bottle is round.
2: Yeah, it's a square one. Okay.
0: Driving with uh-huh. a square wheel.
2: So yeah. I have to say, came uh, out good. It, it turned out way better than I thought it was going to. The only problem was um, I probably didn't make it thin enough. Mm. Uh, it was a little doughy in the center, um, which it wasn't bad. I mean, it was cooked, but I, I think I would have liked it a little bit thinner and crisper. But what was uh,
1: your oven temperature?
2: Uh, 450. Okay. Not bad. And it was in there, I think, 12 or 13 minutes. Yeah, that, that
0: that makes sense in context why it would turn out that way, and that's not that's none of that's that all makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna st- I mean, we can talk about pizza nerdery for <laughs> right. many 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 minutes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this pizza is a great thing to experiment with right now at home, uh, whether it's making your own dough or using frozen or otherwise, because it's kind of infinite when it comes to toppings. You can do anything on a pizza, as long as you like what it tastes like.
1: Because you can, and, and as long as you have yeast, making your own dough is probably the stupid easiest thing to do.
0: Yeah, so few ingredients.
1: Yeah. And it, it, once people make their own dough from scratch, I mean, how many times do you hear them say, Why don't I just do this myself more often? Huh,
0: absolutely. It's, I mean, it's
1: pretty, it's a no brainer. If
0: you're making Neapolitan style dough, you're really talking just four ingredients it's just water, salt, uh, Flour and yeast, that's it. That's four total ingredients. And you can turn into something pretty awesome. Uh, But you you have to plan. You have to go through the process, learn a little bit about feel and everything else. Mm -hmm. But great opportunity to learn how to do some of that stuff. And at the same time, you don't have to buy the fancy double zero ground flour. You can use all-purpose flour. You know, use what's around you and make something delicious out of it.
2: Yep. So here's the thing that worries me about that. When I can go to the store easily and buy anything I want, I feel more adventurous in my cooking Mm. because there have been plenty of times when I've tried to make something and I've spent, you know, 40 bucks taking all these ingredients, putting them together, and it just turns out terrible. And I throw it in the trash and I warm up something. I apologize for
0: telling you to cook that way, Chris.
2: (laughs) I, I get more worried about being adventurous in times like these where I'm like, I really can't be throwing food out just mm. because it turned out bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm, I'm, I'm cooking a little bit safer right now. Well, I think,
0: yeah. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. Cause for me, like I'm cooking a lot of, you know, from, from rice and dried beans, yeah. uh, canned tomatoes, you know, things I've been using already. So none of this is new to me because I've been cooking this way right. for a while. Right. So for me it's just stocking up more on those kind of staples, you know, having onions around and things like that, but otherwise this is how I this is how I cook a lot of the time. So for me it's very comfortable. And I know a lot of people this is a big challenge to uh try to cook from staple goods that they're you know not quite used to.
2: So um you guys and I, I, Chris I know you know I used to work uh you know what I I won't say where I used to work for a local nonprofit organization that served um, people with developmental disabilities Um, one of the services that they provide is a, um, um, residential setting. So I, I worked in a group home. Uh, you would be amazed at the adults that came in as, as employees in the group home that were completely lost when it came to cooking very, very basic things. Um, you know, so you might have an employee whose job that night would be to assist residents in cooking dinner. And we're talking really basic, basic stuff like cooking pasta. And it would just be like different <clears throat> headlights. Like they've never cooked pasta before. Um,
1: we have so many advantages now with all the prepared food options and all, everything to go and the amount of restaurants to choose from that I think that a, a lot of people um, – that typically would have gone through that whole phase of learning how to do home cooking, just never needed to. And I know one example, which is probably not directly related to what you're talking about, Chris, but um, a lot of veterans that went through different, being stationed away from home, sure, never had to learn how to cook on their own because they were always having their meals supplied to them. And then when they were, never sent, even that. When they were discharged and sent back home, They missed out on that whole timeline of being independent, being away from their parents, et cetera, et cetera, and and having to fend for themselves. And a lot of times, and I hear this from my grandmother, who's 98 years old, a lot of times, once a skill has surpassed your age group, where everybody around you is learning the same thing, it's not only harder to dive into it and have an interest, but it's harder to, to... grasp any of it because you have you've been you know distracted by other things happening and you just don't know how to direct yourself to learn how to do that. it you know it, yeah, it could apply to anything in life but when you are pushed out of that realm and you have no exposure to it it's really hard to know how to get into it and um you know, I think that this, this time right now that we're all experiencing might actually be when people are going to have more interest in cooking at home and learning how to send from their own staples that they have and figure out what staple pantry staples even are. I mean, a lot of people don't even, they don't stock their pantry as if they don't have to go to the store for a week. They're used to shopping every single day. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's, a it's a very interesting it's a very interesting time to talk about that kind of stuff because this is those kind of skills are they are timeless and i I think your your point about learning something after the time where most people learn it. I've definitely gone through that in my life in other ways mm-hmm. and it you you get scared, and I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people end up with cooking is you get scared because you don't know right. and it it becomes such a loaded topic. It's not just oh let's try it out and we'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. You you get scared of you get scared of making mistakes, you get scared of trying something new because it's it's there's the lack of comfort with it. Mm-hmm. I've definitely gone through that in my life in general in other ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I think it might even almost be a self-conscious thing. Like there are probably things that other people probably assume that I know how to do. And it's very difficult to say like, actually, you know what, I've, I'm have 40 years old, and I've never cooked a pizza before. Uh, and now that I say that, I wonder if I have, but I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> um, but
1: It was so know, traumatizing, it, you don't remember.
2: Exactly. Like, we're, we're all in this position of starting to admit, like, we're being confronted with situations where we probably should have been prepared. And a lot of us just aren't.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's a general good statement. And something that if we're if we're all honest about it there's a lot of opportunities to do great things um to be to be better to try to prepare and catch up uh but we all have to be honest and honest with where we are but that's general that's a general good policy for the way to live a life is be honest about who we are be honest about where we are in life and you can only move forward if you're honest about about the current state first and yeah. i think that's but that's a general life thing is owning who and what you actually are instead of trying to be what you're not.
2: it's a, it's a humbling experience that I think we're all being forced to reckon with. <clears throat> for sure.
1: So um, can we jump back to our like fantasy uh, meal experience? Oh yeah. That, you know, it kind of like the opposite of our last meal. Like oh, what's yeah. going to be your first meal?
2: Oh yeah. Go <laughs> for first it. First meal i like that concept
1: mm-hmm.
2: it would be after bc
0: <laughs> yep that's exactly right
2: before covid
0: Yep. Yeah. or ac in this case
2: ac, A-C. all right
0: i mean for A-C-D. me I th- <laughs> yes i think i would have to
1: acvd
0: <laughs> i think i would have to i you know when we're talking about pizza man you guys know I, I'm obsessed with pizza. I think I would have to go for a real proper, you know, 900,000 degree cooked uh, Neapolitan pizza. I'd have to. I it's Out in Buffalo? Oh, man, I'd love to make the drive to Buffalo for that. Go out to Jays. Yeah. Let's plan it. Oh man, I, that would be he's, awesome.
2: He's been doing uh, Detroit style pizzas recently, right?
0: He's been doing Detroit style. He's been doing hybrid Buffalo style, um, straight Roman style. He's, He's been all over the map. He's a he's a wizard.
2: A year and a half ago, I was in Detroit and went to Nicky's, which supposedly is the best Detroit pizza that you can get. And ever since that night, I've been craving it.
0: Oh, and it, we actually have one coming up here in uh, in Rochester.
1: Frite uh, uh, style pizzeria.
0: Yeah, so it's a uh, it's by the 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 people from the Playhouse Swilberger. Um, oh. So Brian, I know Brian Van Etten's behind it. And uh, I think Jay Rogers oh, is part yeah. of that as well. I've been seeing
1: his uh, experimental pizza posts that are yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very exciting. So hopefully when we're, when we're out of this and they're up and running, that'll be exciting. I know they've been working on vegan and uh, vegan options and vegetarian and gluten-free options. So options for everybody. So that'll be very cool.
1: Hmm. How do you feel about vegan cheese on pizza? As an alternative.
0: A lot of it is straight garbage, mm-hmm. um, but I've had some that are palatable, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's in small amounts and not like trying to make it that ooey gooey thing. It's accenting. I think even one of the best things I've had is made by uh, Made It Vula's. They do this like pickled cooked cauliflower mm-hmm. that's supposed to be feta-like. And, Ooh, yeah. you know, I wouldn't call it feta, but, you know, it's seasoned well and it's it's got some got some really interesting notes. Sure. And I think it makes a great, yeah. a great pizza topping. Interesting. Um, kind
1: of like the riced cauliflower.
0: Yeah, that, that kind of thing. But it's cooked so well and turned into something, you know, bright and interesting. Nice. So, yeah, I've used, I've had some vegan cheeses that are good, but I think it takes a very deft hand. And to be honest, you probably should try and make it yourself if you can. Um,
1: have you dove into that?
0: Uh, I haven't yet. I've, I've done more messing around with like learning how to use mushrooms better, learn how to use miso better, learn how to use all that stuff to build all my flavor bases when I'm making, I basically only cook stews. Um, (laughs) they're All all about the umami. Yeah, exactly. Like I cook savory rich, you know, kind of stew things. Uh, whether it be, I cooked a lot of chickpeas, chana masala recently, I made, Kind of a weird chili, uh, weird chili recently I used some Impossible Burger. My friend got me who works for the distributor. Um, you know, I do a lot of that kind of cooking. It's big batch, you know, comfort food stuff that makes me very satisfied.
2: Um, All
1: right. So pizza is obviously on your mind. <laughs> yes,
2: it yeah. is. So what's yours, Amanda? Yeah. What's your first meal?
1: Um. <clears throat> It's hard to say because honestly, all I want to do right now is just run into the store and grab everything I can and make something for myself at home. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I my last meal was out at Good Luck. And I feel like that was the greatest way to have my final yeah. outing.
0: Yeah, we were there um, the same night.
1: We were there the same night. We had the same dish, which, or maybe Ah. Carrie had it, or you had a bite. Yeah, the wife had it, yep. Um, So, I mean, I probably just, for, I guess, sentimental reasons, might go back there for my first restaurant outing.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, But, I don't know, I just want to... I, it, I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit of that like anxious restriction as far as what I'm going to be able to cook for myself and my family. Yeah, because um, we're we're not going out. We're not we're <laughs> we're going to eat as much as we can on our shelves and in our freezer before we go anywhere. So yeah, but I did make yesterday. So I did like a little experimental cooking video session, and I yeah. I taped myself <laughs> making a makeshift jambalaya I'm calling it um and it was it actually turned out really good so who knows what crazy concoctions I'm going to come up with just based on the fact that I don't have that opportunity to race off to the store and grab whatever it is I want but um you know I'm definitely a comfort food person all the way chicken and biscuits big stews yeah anything with gravy put it in front of me and I'll eat it but sounds
0: delightful (laughs) What about you, Chris? What what uh, what culturally significant place would you go? Are you going to go to when it comes when it comes to your first meal out?
2: I've been eating much much healthier for the last almost year. I've been focusing. Um, you 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 got you guys know I, I've lost a lot of weight. I've started going to the gym. I don't I'm know really... anything about that, Chris.
1: <laughs> you um, both are on a journey.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I've, I've really been focusing on health and wellness more than, uh, I was before. Uh, so I think I'm going to like go off that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you, you, I I think I was telling you, Chris, about a rib place in Middleport that opened about a year ago, barbecue and the ribs that I had there were just some of the greatest ribs I've ever had. It's probably an hour drive. It's about 15 minutes east of Lockport, right on 31. We actually drove past it on that trip.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we um, did.
2: To at the time it, it was just an empty building, but um so I I feel like getting in the car, going for a drive, having these ribs that are just so wonderful. I, I feel like for me that's a great way to uh enter out back into the world and fall off the health food wagon just for a night.
0: Yeah. But that's so much on, I I love that because it's so much on brand for you because your first thought isn't the place around the corner. It's how do I get on the road and get to somewhere that's, that means something. And I think that's, that's, you know, I've always, I've always appreciated that with you is that you just, that's something that's really deep in you because you can hole up in the house by yourself. Uh, but you have this just joy and exploration that I've always really respected.
2: Yeah. And, and as a result of a lot of those things, I have personal connections to those places now. I mean, uh, there's a lot of spots on route 31 that I could drive. And I, I might think of you because we shared that experience on, on that spot. Um, and I, I have that with a lot of the people that I've hung out with and I've, I've gone places. I, if you mention Ithaca, I actually now think of Amanda me
1: oh that's right we all did that food crawl
2: we were together in Ithaca that was a crazy day day. that was a lot of fun (laughs) Um, that was
1: a good you know way to get to a lot of places in a short amount of time too
2: it was totally we got to see a whole bunch of stuff but uh but like you said I I, Chris I I, I have um those personal connections to those things that aren't just in in my neighborhood but um but all over and and I, I think that there are places that are more uh rural that might be struggling even more than some of the places in in the city yeah uh, i mean if you take uh it's another barbecue place uh but friendship of uh, hardware and barbecue down in friendship new york in allegheny county um i, I think about places like that that um, already uh, the economy in those parts of the state is so difficult uh, that, that this is just going to hit so much harder uh, for places like that. Um, I, I, I know that there are eateries and restaurants and places here in Rochester that will struggle. I know that there are some that probably won't recover and um, we're, we're probably going to lose some, uh, but I do have hope. And I have some optimism that as a community and as a city, we'll rebound. It might take us a while. uh, But I do think that even though the new normal of uh, people learning how to cook and doing things will exist, I think that eventually there will be a time when we're all going to be excited to open our doors and walk out at the same time.
0: God, I hope so. Because that's, it's one of my great joy, you know, we're talking about, you know, you're the joy you have in traveling and exploring the new places. I just, I just love being out and around. It's, yeah. it's a great thing. Uh, it's been a huge benefit to my life in general, being part of Rochester and, you know, becoming, you know, becoming a part of this whole thing in whatever yeah. part I am. Um, that's been one of the great things for me. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about how we're passing the time now. Um <laughs> So I mean right now we're talking I'm this is my fourth <laughs> hour of recording podcast today <laughs> um, which is great oh, man I'm enjoying that so far um but you know what what are, what are you listening to what are you watching are you Chris are you playing music are you practicing <laughs> what are you what are you working
2: on I've been playing a little guitar so you you mentioned more
1: serenades Chris more yes.
2: I don't think anybody wants
1: <laughs> Everybody's doing the live stream concerts now. So just hop on the bandwagon. You'll fit uh, right in.
2: I'll leave it to the pros. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you, Chris, you mentioned the, uh, the new design for the Rochester uh, FoodNet website. Yep. Uh, so that's actually a lot of what I've been doing in the last week. Uh, I'm working from home for my job. Uh, so in the evenings, I've been working on that stuff. And uh, now I'm starting to do a little bit more writing because the creative energy is all done with the site design and applied. And uh, now, now I'm able to do a little bit more um, uh, creative writing type stuff. I've also been watching a lot more movies than I've ever watched.
0: Oh, what have, what have you been dabbling in?
2: I'm allowing myself to just like relax and watch a movie. Which
0: God forbid.
2: I don't <laughs> normally do. Um
0: What's been the best one and what's the worst one?
2: The best one that I watched? I didn't even know it existed. Last night, I was scrolling through, I think it was Amazon Prime or HBO or one of them, and I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot.
0: Wow. Look at you.
2: I was a huge, huge fan of Kevin Smith's movies and all the View Askew projects, all the Mall Rats. In fact, at one point, I had mapped out a trip, a road trip in New Jersey of all the places uh, about where where all the movies were filmed. I've got a uh Kevin Smith cl- signed Clerks DVD. Awesome. Big fan. Uh so I didn't even know this movie existed last night <laughs> and I watched it. I was just smiling the whole time.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's cute.
0: I mean, straight uh, nostalgia. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that.
2: Totally.
1: Happy surprise.
0: What's the worst one you saw though? Uh
2: the worst one I saw, I th- I didn't see all the way through. Oh, nice.
1: Oh, that's how you know it's bad.
2: Yeah. One of the things that I used to do when I was younger and naive is I would force (laughs) myself to complete something uh, for the sake of uh, two two reasons. One, because I needed to finish it. And two, because maybe it would get better. I I don't do that anymore.
1: (laughs) So what was this terrible, terrible, terrible time of a movie that you had to put yourself through?
2: Aquaman
0: oh yeah that would probably do it
2: it. I I made like I think 20 minutes and I thought nah
0: way too much hair way too many muscles just not for you
2: (laughs) I'm okay with hair and muscles I'm all right with those things but I need an actual story that I care about
1: were you an entourage fan
2: oh yes
1: so when that when when because that was like the big plot of the show right when he got casted as Aquaman that's right yeah so like when they actually made the movie I I just thought they were going to use him as the actor
2: <laughs> I never even made that connection that's funny
1: yeah but I never saw it who was who did play him I can't remember
0: uh Jason ben Momoa Attleck? no Jason Momoa was uh he no. was yeah okay. yeah, he, yeah he was Aquaman oh, yep
2: Yep. that's too, bad. He, that's too I, bad. I, can confirm he was in the first twenty minutes. I have no idea who played the rest of the movie.
1: <laughs> Is it a three-hour movie too? Don't even know. Like an epic.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's. Uh, you know. I'm sure it has its darkness, like all the DC movies did.
1: Sure,
2: but I just I can't let uh, the the amazing Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. is the show everyone said like oh no 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 you got to give it to like the fourth episode that's when it really like hooks you like i don't have time for that anymore even being <laughs> locked up in my house and cooped up by myself for an entire week i don't have time to be entertained by something i don't like
1: our time is still precious whether or not we're in solitude or normal everyday life
0: Every moment counts. so what what about um, you amanda what have you been diving into
1: It's a mix. Obviously I've got some little ones at home. So there's a lot of like Paw Patrol and chipmunks that are on the devices regularly. So what's the worst uh, kid
0: show you, what's the worst kid show you're exposed to at all times?
1: um, I, I won't watch anything with, with the kids. So if it's on, (laughs) I'm out of the room, but um, I actually, so my son who's three, he's gotten into Nick Jr., which it, two shows in particular, Paw Patrol and Peppa Pig, and Peppa Pig is actually adorable, so I don't mind a couple moments of that in my day. But yeah, with um, my with I, my sister's
0: kids, I always call yeah. I always call Pepper Pig, and they always pepper, correct me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they always correct me. Of course, well, Peppered Pig would be a delicious bacon, right?
0: Or or the uh, restaurant up in the, up towards Webster.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so. I'm actually grateful that the theaters decided to release some movies early. Yeah. With, you know, in light of closing. So, the movie that was just released by um, Disney Pixar Onward, that's now on demand. So, we're going to probably watch that tonight. And then I just saw that uh, Trolls 2 is going to be released in a couple of weeks, even though it was supposed to come out in the movie. So, that's going to be exciting. The music from those are always really fun and upbeat
0: so i do have to say i i enjoy a lot of animated movies um the nephew and nieces put on trolls once oh boy (laughs) man (laughs) man, i really hated that i hated that a lot a couple
1: times honestly i didn't like it either i the 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 mean trolls grossed me out like i couldn't eat or have food near me when they came on the screen are they garbage peel kid like or something it was a buzzkill. What's that? <laughs> Are they no. what
0: garbage peel kids?
1: They're um. Oh, I had nightmares about that when I was when I was little. <laughs> um. But actually, no. So I I'm so excited that Netflix released two of my favorite food series like back to back. So hmm. I've been binging those. First, it was The Chef Show season two, and now Ugly Delicious season two is out, oh. and both of those shows give me so much like i just feed off of of that food creativity um i love it so much are you into it right now have you finished them
0: no i i got most of the way through the second season of uh chef Mm -hmm. uh the chef show i haven't jumped into the new ugly delicious yet i'm i'm such in a youtube mode right now so i i hit a lot of the um you know bon appetit uh cooking between that um America's Anything. Test Kitchen just put out their whole new season, basically. Oh, uh, on YouTube. Yeah, so they it's, you know, 20, 22 minutes, and they do, you know, two different recipes and a couple testing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching, uh, we've been watching Manchi, uh, the Korean cooking mm-hmm. show. She's a Korean lady who does a whole bunch of interesting Korean recipes, and she's got a, just a fascinating personality. So we've been watching that, uh, Chinese Cooking Demystified, which is a um a couple in China and they mm-hmm. cook, you know, all sorts of regional Chinese foods and show proper techniques and all those things. Mm-hmm. So th- those are some of the things I've been really loving
1: uh over the last few months. Yeah, YouTube has really amped up their content as far as the series and the the quality of shows. It's I mean, the fact that it's free for everybody is an amazing public service. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially right now. What? Hey.
2: Well, I was thinking, like, I'll go on YouTube and sometimes I'll look at shows, but, like, a lot of times I don't even know how to search for things on YouTube. Mm. I think it would be cool if you published an article of, like, your top five favorite YouTube shows to watch. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes... Sometimes I don't know how to f- find that stuff. So I end up watching the same things like over and over.
0: Oh, that's a great
1: idea. I, I think when you start to watch certain channels too, then your home feed will automatically generate. Yeah,
2: Suggest stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: That, you know, then you'll, it, it just becomes a trickle effect. But um, I would say Bon Appetit channel, start there. I love watching Binging with Babish. And now he has Binging with Babish. Um, so, I mean, you could just, really soak up your day with those three channels and watch every episode and Oh yeah, there's so much there, there
0: now. You know, there's yeah. hundreds and hundreds of them. And yeah. it's just uh it's it's amazing. I you learn so much and you they I think they Food figured Food
1: Beast is kind of fun. That's like the <laughs> Which one which one's that? Food Beast? Yeah. Um they it's um they have different categories. So the different hosts and different subtopics okay Uh, but like they'll go into you know a trendy restaurant in la and they'll you know watch them prepare like their korean tater tot nachos or something okay Um, i think they they have like a chicken wing battle and whoever can eat the hottest chicken wing i think that's the channel that does the celebrity hot sauce challenge
0: oh that's uh yeah that's hot ones yeah that's that's an amazing show that's through um that I first regularly. we feast
1: first yep. we feast yeah that's right that's a um, great one yeah yeah that's pretty entertaining yeah and actually i, mean, I don't know why it's really entertaining to see people suffer but somehow when it comes to food there is something that can
2: but they chose to suffer yeah they did like they're they chose to they're, they're opting in it's not like they've been like tied down and like hot sauce poured in their nostrils.
1: I love the ones that are vegetarian and they use.
2: Oh yeah,
1: chicken, chicken yeah. wings. Yeah, the tofu nugs. <laughs> yeah, and
0: actually, one of the hot sauces made right here in Rochester.
1: Yes, I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, can they continue to do a great job making uh, Los Calientes?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Didn't uh, you have them on the Food About Town podcast once? Yeah,
0: I had. Uh, I had him sure. on uh, Gene on a while back. I actually used to work with him at a aerospace company. That's right. um, yeah, it's been a been a while. I should I should have him over again because it's I, I'm finally coming out of my travel and intense you know last year a little bit. So I'm I'm excited to I'm excited just to be talking to people again and doing more of this kind of stuff that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. So for me, beyond beyond that, obviously you know the the food things I'm watching and I'm just excited to have more conversations and try to get more involved in you know publishing and. Uh, recording more stuff with people I enjoy talking to, uh, like the both of you so okay. that 's that 's what i 'm looking forward to is doing more of this kind of stuff and you know as we all move forward on Rochester food net and food about town and whatever else we 're all doing is uh, try to be good to our families, try to be good to ourselves, and in these difficult times try to be you know try to be there for everybody that we that we love in the world yeah. so i 'm kind of leaving all the episodes today that way because I think it 's Um, Even as these are published over time, I think it's important that, you know, while we're all anxious and stressed out that we try to do good things, uh, both for ourselves and for everyone around us. So
1: uh, if we don't have human connection, then we have very little. Absolutely. I think if there's one thing that can bond us all, it's the connection of food. So I'm just happy to be a part of the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's and worth. if we're eating it, it's even better. <laughs> one day, one day we'll all be at a table together and sharing a meal.
0: I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully soon. Absolutely. Well, Amanda, Chris, um, you can find both of them on the new Rochester Food Net. Uh Chris, where they can where can they find you otherwise?
2: Uh exploringupstate.com and the social channels for that's the best way to get me.
0: Beautiful, Amanda.
1: I'm at Amanda's dish.
0: Beautiful. And you can find me at Stromey on uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, foodabouttown.com. And um, when these episodes are out, they'll be both on Rochester Food Net and the Food About Town feed. So thanks both of you for calling in and uh, we'll see you both hopefully in person real soon.
1: Yes. Virtual cheers, everyone. All
0: right. See you. Be safe. (laughs)